Welcome to Prim and Proper. I'm Elizabeth Hathaway. And I'm Marinella Mazzucato. We were chatting a bit before we started recording, and I like kind of cut you off because I was like, let's talk about this on the podcast. Uh, but did you see the lunar eclipse? We're recording on uh, Election Day, November 8th. Did you see the lunar eclipse this morning? I saw part of it before the clouds covered it. But yeah, it was supposed to be a red moon. Was that the yeah. deal? Yeah, that's what happens. Because it's right, it's the Earth gets in between the the moon and the sun. And so essentially we like cast a shadow on the moon and it but it's like reddish i don't know why the shadow isn't like a darker gray that i don't have an answer to but well, that's what a lunar eclipse is i guess you're not a scientist again sorry <laughs> I, am, I do not work for nasa despite the new nasa posters behind me that i finally oh, yeah. got around to hanging they're pretty I badass if you could see them you. but you'll you'll see them later everyone once I right. put them on the gram. Right. They're an, we're on an audio medium, not a video. So, But yes, I, uh, I just need to tweak the leveling, and then I'll get you some pictures to put on the gram so people can see. But they are, they're, um, they are like mid-century modern type of design, uh, but NASA and the Jet Propulsion Laboratory commissioned artists to do a series of posters that are around like I think I've talked about this actually on the podcast before I just finally got around to hanging them but the posters are around like um, visions of future space travel so like each poster has a different celestial body like a planet or a moon or an asteroid Mm -hmm. and it uh, imagines what that would look like like in the future if you could travel there as a tourist like what would be the highlight of that location I love it I want to go to all those posters Oh my god, me too. I just don't think we're gonna live long enough to uh, visit god, any I, of them. <laughs> I I really hope not. I mean, I cannot do it. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, I did not unfortunately see the lunar eclipse this morning when I got up. It was already light, but I did go out last night, and it was a beautiful like full moon, and it it looked more I don't know I want to be like majestic is the word that comes to mind but it did it had this yeah. like aura about it aura about it that um I don't know it was just really beautiful last night I was out walking and staring at it as I circled the track near me gorgeous I stared at it but it kind of hurt my eyes after quite some time I was like this is pretty bright mm. but that was at 4 a.m that might have been a bad time to look at it it's not a solar eclipse, so it's not going to really do anything terrible, but... Right. Yeah, difference. You can look with your naked eye at a lunar eclipse. No problem. It's the solar eclipse you shouldn't do. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. Unless... Well, I guess technically if you are in a spot where it is a full solar eclipse, not just a partial, but it's full, during the moments where it's fully blocked the moon fully blocks the sun i think you can look directly at it but if it's a partial which is almost always what you have is like some level of partial then you shouldn't because you're essentially looking directly at the sun even if it's only like half of the sun you're still looking directly at the sun yeah i remember the fun the fun little glasses that everyone was wearing to look at that yeah and like do you see it and i'm like yeah i see it and i was like so anticlimactic i'm like okay 
<laughs> I know. Can we I, can we get back in the building now? I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of one of those things where it's like really cool, but like after a minute, it's the same. It's tough, right? It's like okay, nothing's gonna be different in four minutes. It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. Anywho, mm. um, today we are gonna be talking about things we love about ourselves. Yeah. Before we get started with our list, can I ask you how this went? Did you were you comfortable doing this? Did you have any difficulty? Was this fun? Like, what was your what was your mood uh, as you were coming up with your items? You know, I've I've done this before uh, with the help of a therapist and my friends. I think you guys helped me with an exercise that I was assigned, and mm-hmm. it's it's difficult for me still every time because especially I don't know. I feel like lately I'm just going through some shit, and um, it was just difficult. But when I put my mind to it, I was like, okay, other people can find things that they love about me or appreciate about me. I need to pay attention to those things. Mm-hmm. and appreciate what's appreciated about me and that kind of made it a little bit easier but I mean in general n- not a natural thing for me at all yeah it was hard for me as well and for the reasons you said it's not natural for me to I don't know like spend time like finding Blowing smoke up your that, ass like, yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah that's okay. yeah that's it <laughs> But also then the layer, the additional layer of like recording a podcast where I share it with people. I'm like, this is what's so great about me. Hashtag humble brag. Like, yeah, it's yeah. just felt, you know, I'm like, oh, God, I, I'm going to share this not just with you or friends or a therapist, but to like people I don't necessarily know. And uh, yeah, yeah. But I do think it's good for people to do like I genuinely believe we tend to struggle with identifying those things we love about ourselves and actually appreciating them and we should and that should be a natural thing everyone has stuff that they should love about themselves and so yeah yeah appreciate that yeah and it's it's more like I've um also done things where like you have like some self-talk in the mirror and like that's pretty uncomfortable. So I find mm-hmm. this to be a little less uncomfortable than that, to be honest mm. with you. Oh, that's good. Because that was like to me a very cringe thing to have to do. Like being assigned like, oh, talk to yourself in the mirror and tell yourself all the good things about you. I was like, I- I'd rather not. But yeah. Well, I've never done this, but I know some people will write you know positive affirmations that they put on a mirror or mm-hmm. will like just post it in places they see but I think what's interesting about a mirror is you're also looking at yourself while you're reading it so it's like yeah. you're seeing yourself as you say these things and that's I, like, I've never done it but I could see myself struggling with that yeah it's it's awkward and then once you like you go through that list of stuff and the person that I was working with to to go through that list of all the things I was saying to myself in the mirror she's like okay so did you believe any of the things that you said to yourself I'm like not really I feel like I was just going through the motions but yeah I did it yeah. is there credit earned here I have no clue but <laughs> I, I I just feel like this is actually a better way to mm-hmm. to express it and maybe see the things that really are great about ourselves 
Yeah, agreed. An interesting way <laughs> you and I decided to tandem this topic with next week we're doing embarrassing stories. Uh, Ooh, and yeah. for some yeah. reason, I think that's going to come to me much easier because it's like I, I can do self-deprecating humor so I can make fun of myself and I can share some embarrassing stories. Uh, I think that's actually going to be a lot easier for me to do. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the shit show. That's what I can. I could Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. In fact, as I was writing one of mine, I was like, ooh, I could tell this story. And I'm like, no, save it for the embarrassing stories episode next week. <laughs> um, so. so you love the embarrassing things about yourself. That's a good start. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You'll, I'll, uh, when I get to that particular one, I'll, I'll uh, highlight it and, and kind of give maybe a, a sneak preview as to you know, what the embarrassing story could be related to. Uh, but this was your topic idea. Do you want to kick us off with your first what you love about yourself? Sure. Um, let's see. Well, I, I think for me, honestly, if, if the part that I love about myself is myself not drinking. And I don't think that if I still was, I don't think I would have had the... Um, ability to see a lot of these other things because of where I was at when I stopped. So that that for me is probably something that I really do love about myself. Sometimes it's hard to love it because it is like a difficult choice all the time. And I've lost a lot of my coping skills, which I don't love, but I love what it it's brought into my life and the people that it's brought into my life and the conversations that I've been able to have about it honestly and it just feels true to me yeah no I you have brought this up a couple times both on the podcast and then when you and I talk or chat outside of recording um and I'm just I am so happy for you because I can tell how much this has had a, a positive impact on your life. Not that by any means I thought you were a terrible, horrible person before, because that's not at all the case. But I can just tell that no, you yeah. feel just genuinely, um, you feel better about the decisions you make each day, what you're like doing for yourself, the way you're showing up for yourself maybe is how I would phrase it. Um, yeah. And that there's yeah. like, there's a real like, I hate to say the word pride because I feel like pride's a negative word, but I don't I don't mean it no. anyway. I mean it in a really positive yeah. way. Like it is something you should be proud of and that you should celebrate and I you show up for yourself in a really great way. Yeah. And it's nice to know like I can like have a bad day and not do something to make it spiral, which is what I typically would have done. Even if I wasn't like deciding to go like drink or something, which usually was still something I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like your mind at that point where you're, you're, you're not taking control of anything. It just finds a way to just dig yourself into some deeper shit. And mm -hmm. it just made everything so much worse for me. So props to me. And I, I love that part about me right now. Yes. Give yourself some pats on the back. I'll confirm Thanks. for listeners. Marinella is <laughs> <laughs> patting herself on the back. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I forget, but have you read the book Quit Like a Woman? I think her, the author's name is Holly Whitaker that wrote it. Yeah, I did read it. And 
a lot of it did make sense to me where I was like, you know, why, why is it like, I mean, drinking, why is drinking supposed to be so like acceptable and we never like really blame the fact that this is a fucking drug, honestly? Mm-hmm. I think that's what I took yeah. from the book. Yeah. So I am actually reading it right now, but one of the things that resonates with me is um, I often, I've talked about this on the podcast before, I'm actually not that big of a drinker and of my group of friends, I am the person that will often not drink or I'll like nurse a beer the entire night type of, um, that was not always the case, but that's where I'm at with my life currently. Um, And I, I honestly think if I was married, I would get the question like, are you pregnant? Uh, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. most of my friends are pretty good. And especially now that they know that, like, that's just me, they're, you know, very good. And they're all supportive. None of them ever really pressure me to drink. But I've definitely run into just social situations in general where there is this, like, oh, you're not having a drink tonight? And it's like, why is the assumption that if we're out socializing, the default is that we drink, you know? Um, And she talks about that in this book, Quit Like a Woman. It's like the default assumption is if you aren't an alcoholic, you should drink in social situations where everyone else is drinking. And like you're the weirdo if you just decide you don't want to drink for whatever reasons. Yeah. And and, and like things have changed so much where there's just such a scale like – you know, I've I've gotten like that that conversation from a lot of people like, well, do you think you're an alcoholic? And I'm like, no, I think I have a poor relationship with alcohol. And I think mm-hmm. like a lot of people could and like not consider themselves to be an alcoholic. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I mean, I I mean, I sometimes just don't want to drink because I get hangovers so easy I mean like a drink will give me some level of a hangover maybe not like stuck in bed all day but just like not as motivated the next day you know just kind of feeling a little more sluggish because I didn't sleep Mm -hmm. as well and like a lot of times I just want to be productive the next day and yeah I'm looking out for my friends and I make a joke. We call it looking out for your future self. Like if we do decide to do anything or like set yourself up for success, you know, the next day. Because you know that you probably just won't feel your top self. Yeah. And really, can anybody hang in their 30s very much anymore? Not really. Actually, I went out on Friday night and I was heavily utilized to carry like triple vodka drinks like topped with a splash of soda. And every person that I talked to the next day was like, I feel like, like shit, like death. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I feel fine. And that's great. So <laughs> sorry for your loss. Oh, goodness. I, I feel like I do have some friends that could hang, but they they're more I'll give them credit. I think a lot of them are much more responsible about it as far as like knowing their limits. Whereas, like, when you were in your 20s, you didn't have to have a limit. You could do almost anything and still hang, right? I think that, uh, you know, so I'll give some of them some credit there. Because I, uh, yeah, I do think I've, but I'm not, my limit is, like, half a beer. And if I have half a beer, I'll probably still feel a little crummy. So, yeah, a lot of times I just completely opt out of nothing at all. It's amazing. Good for you. 
Hmm. I can't wait for our embarrassing stories now because I really feel like this is <laughs> where it's really going to go down. Oh, yeah. we I can shine in that department. <laughs> uh, moving right along, because I, I know we chatted about that one for a bit. This one has just been on my mind because we are recording on Election Day. It's midterm elections in the U.S. And I love that I'm someone who votes. And I don't I don't mean to try to shame people. I know that there's a lot of reasons why voting isn't easy. A lot of reasons why right now thinking about politics is stressful for people and they just would rather not be part of that dialogue. I do get it. Um, And I don't want to get into like some discussion on, you know, whether or not elections are stolen, this, that, or the other. But I I did see an interesting statistic recently that in the last election, so the 2020 presidential election, which was the highest voter turnout ever in the United States, um, it was still less than 63% of like el- eligible adults that voted. And when you compare that to other democracies around the world, we are so far below. Like we really don't have a very healthy um, citizen engagement in voting. And um, I used to just not push too much about this because I, you know, I feel like politics is a sensitive topic, especially if you get into like what your beliefs are. But I just, I, I really am proud that I'm somebody who tries to make it a priority to vote. Um, because I think it's important. If you want to have a democracy, I think you have to participate in it. I I love that about you because I think you like being more inclined to talk about politics and voting and the importance of stuff like that actually kind of had a good influence on me because I was kind of like apathetic about a lot of stuff for a long time. I just really didn't give a shit. I was like, you know what? No matter who I vote for, I'm like, you know, lower middle class whatever i don't know a single woman nobody gives a shit about me but sure i've realized that like you know i have some impact here if i actually vote and try to vote in things in favor of my benefit and there are tons of people like me so why wouldn't i mm-hmm. but i really didn't think about it too much and i think our friendship has encouraged me to to get a i voted today sticker and i did vote today ah I know the when I voted today and I meant to actually early vote because we have that in Illinois and I just it slipped my mind and like well so I got up early went to the polls and she's like and the best part when I you know handed in and she scanned my um pay you know what ballot and that's the word not papers ballot <laughs> she's like in the best part and she hands me the sticker and I'm like this is the best part especially because Chicago for a period of time got rid of the I vote sticker uh people were like putting it on buildings and sidewalks and they felt like people were using Uh, it as graffiti and so they did away and they used to give you (laughs) any of the Chicago listeners will be like "Mm -hmm, yeah I remember that time (laughs) (laughs) they used to give you this stupid little ballot slip and it was probably only 
you know, two or so elections where we had the stupid ballot and people were like, give us the stickers back. <laughs> and now, I don't know if you can see it. Maybe I'll, I'll give oh, you Oh, I didn't realize that was your sticker. Okay, yeah, I see it. Yeah, it actually has like the Chicago skyline on it. It's a pretty legit sticker. That, it's a nice sticker. Our stickers are like this big, you know, like yeah. just enough to cover up the nip if you really wanted to go wild with it. <laughs> That's about it. I could almost do both nips with this sticker at once. It's fucking, it's, it's a, a pretty, big sticker. You, you guys can't see, but that is a sticker. I will take a picture and you can post it on the gram so people okay. can see what it looked like. But uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty, Chicago's is, killing it with a sticker now. Maybe the sticker is proportionate to the amount of hope that your vote counts because in Florida, I mean, we're fucked. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Ron DeSantis and Charlie Crist. I mean, come on. We know what's happening here. We know what's yeah. happening. Yeah. Well, and that's the interesting thing, of, uh, you know, that I talk to a lot of people about in Illinois is we're the opposite way. We're pretty, um, you know, heavily Democratic because of the city of Chicago and how much the population is centered, you know, the yeah. state population is centered here. And, you know, like a lot of our like our governor race and our senator that's up like they're not really I mean knock on wood they're not really super contested races so mm-hmm. you know I do think you get some apathy because it's yeah you know it's like the opposite of where you're experiencing but the same outcome where there's like some apathy about it and um I get it I totally do but the local elections like we had 75 judges on our ballot in the city of Chicago or Cook I guess it's Cook County um, I mean, that's insane. 75 judges. And I, you know, I try to do my best to find like a couple different sites that review judges. And if like sites, multiple sites are like, no, don't revote this person. I'm like, no, I will not. Re- I have no idea. Right. But like I try to do a little bit of research because people do put together and compile lists and compile information I mean you can find it out there and I'm not saying I get that again it's very time consuming it's dry maybe yeah it's a little dry very dry not the most exciting thing as I'm sitting here like through again 75 judges on our ballot like I don't so many judges they need to have like midterm election like fucking TikTok entertainment that's what I mean that's a miss Right, <laughs> right. Honestly, <laughs> but hey, oh, yeah. real missed opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what do you got next? What's your next one? Um, I guess my next thing is like my ability to handle like stressful crisis, high pressure situations. Yeah, you I that. didn't really, really think that I could handle that. Like I thought I was just very reactive, but. As time goes by, I'm like, I really can keep my shit together when things kind of hit the fan, at least professionally or mm-hmm. I don't know, in, in the spur of a moment, I think. And um, I, I had a somewhat of a, a review today, even though things to be determined down the road. I'll, I'll eventually talk about that on the podcast. But, you know, one of the comments that was made, like, you control, you're the first to control the chaos. And I'm like yeah but I don't fucking want to but thank god that I do because you know mm-hmm. I it, it's really protected me in a lot of ways and I appreciate that that I can take command of stuff like that whereas you know other people might just roll over and die 
Mm-hmm. Not this girl. <laughs> no, you are very level-headed, I think, in stressful situations. Like, I sometimes think about if I was putting together my zombie apocalypse team, you know, like, <laughs> who am I going to, like, ride with if, like, the zombies are coming and we got to have a group of 10 of us all protecting each other? And I do. I want level-headed people that can keep their cool when it's a stressful situation. And I think you would be great at that. Like, I see you just, like, you know, with your shotgun or your hammer. You're like, (laughs) keep the cool, hold the line, you know, like. Let's be clear. My aim, my aim with a gun is trash. Um, (laughs) So flamethrower, please. Okay, you've got your, but that's just it. You know the weapon that would work best for you. Like, you're not freaked out by the situation. You're like, no, pass on the gun. Hand that off to someone else. Give me the flamethrower. Yeah. I got Molotov cocktails on makeup. You know, like, I just see you, like, not being phased in the zombie apocalypse. I was going to say slow poison. So, yeah, you're right. No problem. (laughs) But yeah, I, I appreciate that about myself. Whereas before I kind of resented it, I was like, why are people bringing me all this shit all the time? And I'm like, oh, people are bringing me all this shit because I'm good at it. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that is the downside of being good at that is then you are the go-to person when shit hits the fan. Um, but <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what, though? it's There's moments in personal life where shit hits the fan. So it's a good skill to have, at least for yourself. Uh that's where I crumble. That's oh, where I'm no. like, God damn it. <laughs> no, no, I hold it together pretty well, but like it's it's less uh less in- intuitive. It takes me a little more time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean that's fair. Oh. Yeah. Let's see. I You're up, have... Buttercup. Yeah, I am. Okay. I have the I love that I'm comfortable doing activities alone. So like eating out, going to concerts, traveling, you know, baseball games, special events. Like if if there's no one that I know that wants to do the thing, I'm totally comfortable going by myself. Like I don't find it awkward. I mean, there might be a slight awkwardness, but I really not so much. I, I'm really totally fine with riding solo to almost any event. Um, and this is this is where one of the embarrassing stories will definitely come into play next week. So tune back in. Okay. Um, But for the most part, outside of this lighthearted, embarrassing story, honestly, I think it's, I love doing things solo because I get to do what I want. You know, like if I do something, I do it, especially traveling. I get to go at my pace. If I want to spend four hours at a museum I can if I want to just breeze through something I can right um I also think you can meet some real interesting people like when you're by yourself (laughs) people will strike up conversations with you and that can be a good or a bad thing depending on the situation but it's always an interesting thing yeah would you say that you're more of an introvert or an extrovert I mean I'm more of an introvert for sure but you're kind of extroverted for an introvert is what I was going to say. Like a true introvert would be like, I'm happy to be by myself in my home and never leave it. You know what I mean? Be like, I'm good. But you yeah. actually put yourself out there and go out and do stuff. So like that's pretty yeah. rare. Yeah, I that is – I guess that's a good point. Although I will say there is still – 
most of the time when I'm doing something by myself, I'm not, I, I, like I said, people will strike up conversations, but that's not every time that's, you know, a lot of the time I'm in public, but I'm still somehow just with myself. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's not as draining as when I socialize. I think that's what I like about like a downtown area, like where you can go mm -hmm. out and do whatever you want. And it's like, you're still around people, but you don't have to fuck with them. That's mm -hmm. nice. It's like, yeah. I could I could talk with you or I could just plow through. Exactly. Yeah, like going to a museum by myself, not very draining. Like I, that is pretty much the same like level of draining as like me taking a walk in the neighborhood right like I'll pass people and I taking a walk in the neighborhood's not draining that's not a good example I'm trying to think of like a low because like that's the thing with like me is I get energy and recharge from spending time by myself mm -hmm. but I can yeah. do that in public as well if that makes sense yeah I mean that's kind of how I feel like if I take a bike ride it's a solo activity if I've taken it with a person I'm just like you're, it's like you're not even here really so why are you here <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming I didn't talk <laughs> I didn't talk to you for two hours <laughs> this is great quality time excellent <laughs> but yeah oh what do you it's got? Good, qual good quality, Liz, to be uh, out and about doing your thing. I like that. Um, my next one is my sensitivity. Um, I realize a lot of people don't have this. And it's kind of nice, like, for me to be able to connect with people because I am more open and vulnerable. And um, I do give a shit about how people feel. And I think people sense that. So they kind of approach me differently. And also, like, I can be sensitive enough to to kind of know when something's not right, too. So it's it's like a two pluses to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you're a sensitive person. You're empathetic. You're, you have a good read on people and where they're at. And you also, I'm, I'm speaking in the realm of friendships, not necessarily strangers. But when you sense something is off, with a friend you are very good at like reaching out and checking in with them and I consider that yeah. also part of sensitivity yeah sometimes I'm like am I being too sensitive because something can't be wrong all the time what's going on everyone <laughs> but I really do feel I feel that oh. stuff pretty deeply and I'm, I'm usually right and I you know sometimes I'm like oh I'll just ignore it like I'm being crazy but then you know a week down the line I'm like oh that person was self-destructing and I knew it son of a bitch but mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's a good quality I have and I wouldn't trade it even though sometimes it's difficult, but yeah. Well, I think because get me let me know if I'm wrong here, but you probably I don't want to say absorb some of their energy cuz that's not right, but like if you're so attuned to how other people are feeling, you know, and you sense a lot of people around you are struggling at a particular time, like I think you feel the weight of that. Yeah, and that's when it takes a, a drastic turn to being kind of like resentful of it. And I'm just like, mm. wait a minute. It's not their fault that I feel this way. It's just, this is who I am. I need to learn how to manage it. Right. But just kind of use it in the good ways and not so much the overwhelming parts. Mm hmm. I think, so my next one is really 
pretty much in line with that or, or similar vein to that. And that's that I think I'm a pretty good listener and empathetic. Um, on a podcast where I talk about myself, I swear, uh, in one-on-one situations, I am a good listener. <laughs> You're listening to me half the time of this, at least. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but, you know, I think uh, I think I'm someone that, you know, friends will come to and open up about what, you know, is going on and know that I'm just there to listen. And I try really hard Unless they specifically ask me, I try really hard not to be too much of like fixer mode. You know, again, it depends on the friendship and the situation, the dynamic. I may offer up some ideas, but a lot of the times I try to just like ask questions about, you know, how they're doing, how that's affecting them and just like let them talk. Because I think most of the time people are capable of fixing or or resolving their own concerns, but they really do just want someone to listen and care yeah. and validate them. And I think I'm pretty good at that. Yeah, you're really good at that. You're like, probably the best I know, honestly, because most people will try to um, interject and be like, well, just do this or, you know, like minimize or something. And it's like exactly what you don't want to hear. And you're just like, I just needed you to just stare at me while I just got all this out <laughs> and maybe <laughs> offer me some reassurance. Right. So, yeah. 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 Thank you for validating me. I appreciate that. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) Uh, Next for me is, uh, you know, I think it's my musical taste. It's all rise. I have to say that I don't really listen to anything that puts a lot of of depth in me anymore. I just don't do it. you know, I'm, I'm just blaring EDM all day until my eardrums are bleeding. And those that's the music that makes me feel the best. And I used to be like kind of like shy about liking that kind of music. And I would try to find more interesting music to like so that other people would be like, oh, OK, I can relate to that. But I know for a fact that people fucking hate this type of music and I don't care. I'm just I love it. And I love that. Yeah, I love that you aren't being swayed by other people's opinion because the music world has some snobs in it. I mean, I love music, but there's some snobs, you know? And there's definitely some, oh, you listen to the, you know, top 100 billboard. Oh, you know, oh, Oh, you listen to EDM and you're, you know, 37. Oh, (laughs) it's like... Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, Mm -hmm. I try not to judge people who love Taylor Swift. Yeah. She's she's there for somebody. She's not there for me. She makes me really sad, but for somebody else, that's like, you know, that's their shit. Yeah. No, I, I think to any listeners, find what you love and allow yourself to love that music, you know? <laughs> yeah. And don't bow to the, uh, don't bend the knee to the music snobs of the world. Yeah, you don't have to be an indie whore. You don't have to be into it. It's okay. Um, Definitely. Also, I think this is the only thing that really ties me to those Italian roots at this point. (laughs) Like, it's just, it's in my blood, and I think I need to honor it. And I just need to just continue to go down this path so that my, my my heritage can just keep going forward. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, <clears throat> I love that I've rediscovered my love for creating, creating in general, but I wrote creating art. So like getting back into, you know, and I've talked about this so many times on the podcast, but I really am glad that I have rediscovered this because it just brings me a lot of joy. I feel like it's fulfilling and it's for nobody else but me, right? I'm not going to become an artist. It's not like I'm selling my sketches to anyone <laughs> or that someday in history my sketches are going to be prized possessions. It's just something that I do for me and it's relaxing and I can see small improvements and it's like it's one of those skills where I'm just working on improving it and I'm enjoying the process and I'm not competing against anybody. It's just a me thing. Yeah, and it puts you in a, and it puts you in a good mood. I mean, you can't it say does. it doesn't. Um, and I've also used yeah. it to be when I've been, you know, I when the Roe v. Wade stuff fell, I made some, you know, artwork that was kind of like how I was the rage I was feeling. Yeah, and that was a great outlet for me at that time. You know. Yeah, I I I think I have a picture of that somewhere that you sent me yeah maybe the american flag with the bleeding <laughs> women <laughs> i may frame it liz and then you can become the artist of my bed of my uh not my bedroom but somewhere <laughs> i can't somewhere take in here. full i cannot take full credit for the concept though because i did um see it originally done by a french like uh artist um, which if I knew their name I would credit them but unfortunately I don't so I can't like I they I, they had initially done it and I kind of just was like yes I'm gonna draw this as well because this is what I'm feeling it was <clears throat> graphic warning I guess but it was the American flag and the red stripes they had women at the end who were essentially bleeding out right because I couldn't access care when maybe their life was at risk mm -hmm. um so that was kind of what was a <laughs> you drew what it the illustration so. was yes yeah, i did i did draw it myself but yeah i didn't come up with the concept that's okay i'm gonna credit you anyway because you yeah. and you didn't trace it remember back back in the day when people were like did you draw this or did you trace it and you'd be like oh yeah i drew it and you'd be like i fucking traced it it's fine <laughs> That I tracing did. paper. I promise the paper is like that really thick drawing paper that you could not <laughs> possibly trace off of. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Uh, <laughs> could use some tracing paper now. Um, <clears throat> I only have a couple more left, but my next one is, um, I think kind of more of my like my gender role fluidity. I don't know if that makes sense, but like especially in lesbian dating um i found myself mm -hmm. like somebody wants to know whether you're more masculine more feminine and almost every time i've always been kind of like feeling like the need to have to like decide but i mean more recently i'm like you know i really just don't feel the need to decide and tell you how i'm going to act in the bedroom like what my role is how i'm gonna 
stress, how I'm going to do any of that. I just don't subscribe to any of it. And I like that about myself because if you want to change your mind one day and do something another day, there's a lot less explaining for me to have to do. And I I enjoy that like ambiguity, I guess, about myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I will say I used to be, I'll admit this, um, because I think it was kind of the cultural norm. I used to be when I would see like a gay couple would be like oh who wears the pants or who's the man and who's the woman like those type of jokes people would make yeah Um, and I think it was like early well not early um, I think it's like people trying to push heteronormative standards onto a same-sex couple and like I recognize yeah. that now and I no longer make those comments. I mean, I haven't made those comments for a while, but I'm just admitting that that is something that I have historically done in the past. Right. Um, yeah. And I think what you're talking about feels like it's kind of an extension of that concept. Like it's still this like, OK, you're a lesbian, but like are you a more butch lesbian or are you more I'm like maybe people don't want to fucking identify in these like little boxes that you're creating yeah um, and it's okay if you do but it's like it absolutely to me, to me there's like room for something in between and mm-hmm. um I used to like really feel the pressure to like figure out like you know am I like going to be the more feminine person in this relationship um do I need to like make my outside match this part like I would just be very confused about it and um I it just doesn't seem to work for me now and and I love and appreciate it about myself because I I mean I've been attracted to all sorts of women it doesn't matter I've seen two masculine women together and you have no clue what their dynamic really is until they go home or somebody's openly sharing about it and I just feel like it's a nice thing to be able to kind of just go to whatever feels right yeah no I love that and as a straight cisgendered woman my opinion matters so much right now no Um, (laughs) you did vote today I think come on I did (laughs) but I think you know I think it benefits everybody I I hate that you know it's a weird like I don't dress overly feminine I don't necessarily present masculine I still am more you know if you were thinking on a spectrum more I guess on the feminine side but I'm not like overly I typically don't wear makeup you know but I like to once in a while dress up and put a dress on and put heeled booties on and like feel really feminine um but I don't like doing that every day and it's to your point like I hate that again we we sometimes just want to put people in boxes and i think our brains work that way like we like to categorize things yeah we shouldn't probably do that to humans <laughs> yeah just it's it's silly like you know I, I mean i have long hair but i like wearing vans and in in a bikini i look very feminine and it's just like these are just happenings of what i look like who cares Mm-hmm. yeah no i love it i'm with you Thank you. Um, well, I have just one left. So okay. I like 
that I've accept or I love, I love, I'm trying to embrace that word since that's the theme of the podcast episode. I love um, that I've accepted that I'll always be a work in progress and that I'm okay with trying to improve myself. You know, this I've talked openly, you have as well, about being in therapy. This is the third time in my life I'm in therapy and I'm sure it won't even be the last time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I while a lot of the books I read are fiction and just escapism, I do enjoy reading books that, you know, get me thinking. I mentioned, you know, Quit Like a Woman. I've been reading that just because it, I, you know, it is kind of um, probably in that larger self-help, self-improvement realm of a book. Uh, and yeah, I like, not that I take on every single thing I read, but I like the idea of kind of evolving and continuing to grow throughout your life. Yeah. I like that too about like about you because I mean, it's kind of it kind of gets boring to just like not have any new ideas about, you know, your mental health or uh, things going on in the world or like questioning anything. It, it kind of just like I find myself breaking away from people like that where I'm like, we got to find something more to talk about here. I don't know. And when you're kind of open to being a work in progress, you realize, oh, okay, I there could be changing opinions going out through my life or different things happening. Yeah. Yeah. And that absolutely has been, you know, true of me. Like I, I literally said, historically, I was someone that said, are you the man or the woman? in a relationship to a same-sex couple i no longer do that uh you know we appreciate that very much (laughs) as a representative from the community i appreciate that (laughs) um no prob but yeah like and and i think as well people should be given the opportunity to improve and grow you know I think if we all look back we have said and done things we aren't proud of and our views have changed and while I do think you should hold account like people to account what they say I also think you need to like give people the space to grow and and change and accept that they maybe have if they're showing a different side of themselves and we're not great at that right now I think we're a little too 15 years ago you made this I'm like okay well yeah I made some stupid comments 15 years ago myself oh boy uh, yeah like you know people can change and we should allow them to yeah someone recently told me something like what you didn't know you didn't know and I just like at the time was like that's stupid but Mm. um it's it's not (laughs) I it's not stupid it's actually like you just don't know what you don't know and even if it's like 10 minutes later, you're like, God damn it, you know, but yeah, 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 yeah. that's kind of the theme. Um, I got one more and then I'm, I'm tapped out on that. Then I'm done with loving myself, if you can believe it. <laughs> I'll just go back. You're done just, with all the self-love we just can handle. <laughs> straight up self-hate after this, I promise you. Um, I love my like my honest side now, like. There's not a lot of chill left in me. It's gone. I've, you know, mm-hmm. it's just blasted out of me. Um, but I like it because, I mean, it's it's kind of like the best authentic way I can be and kind of cuts to the chase on a lot of stuff and uh, it gets shit done. And, you know, it's honest and honesty is honest. I don't know what else to say about that, but 
I used to not be very honest. I would kind of kind of lie a lot or um, omit stuff just to kind of keep things level or appear to be calm, but it, it just doesn't work. It's nice to be honest. I also think, and let me know if I'm wrong, that, and we've talked about this as well before, but that you would lean toward people-pleasing, and so sometimes would, would hold an honest comment because you were like trying to people please a situation or a person yeah and that you know as we know like when you people please it's not doing anybody a favor and mostly like you're just not being mm-hmm. good to yourself and i think i love myself enough now to at least be honest whereas before i thought well i don't have to say that maybe i'm gonna suffer but yeah it's okay now it's not. Now it's just easier to kind of advocate and speak up. Oh, I love it. I love that journey for you. It's a good one to end on. Yeah. Uh, but don't worry, listeners. As we mentioned, next week we will be going through our most embarrassing stories. So tune in for the self-deprecation that follows this episode. I know. And then we're probably going to cancel the podcast after that. So <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to go into hiding. <laughs> We're using fake names. Oh, there'll be some cringeworthy ones, too. They're going to be hard for me to even, like, acknowledge without just literally probably, like, physically cringing in my body. <sighs> I might come up with I might come up with ones between now and then that happen. I'm not sure. That's... Oh. Yeah, there could be some live updates, like, <laughs> you know? Definitely. Yeah. Oh, <sighs> uh, well. Have a great week, everyone. Uh, We'll catch you next week. Good night.